Hello friends, we're back on this feed to discuss, debate, and maybe argue about the 2024 Oscars. As was the case last year, the nominees were announced and it turns out we've got a lot of work to do. 2023 was a stellar year for movies. Many important figures of Hollywood made interesting films and there was a very worthy list of nominees. Imagine a year where Michael Mann, Ridley Scott, and David Fincher all made long gestating passion projects and not a single one received a nomination. For those new to the feed, welcome and thank you for joining. My name's Matt, I'm a teacher, I'm a film lover and I take this all very seriously. And with me will be my wife, Christina, who's also a teacher and much more interested in reading and human interaction and has a much more lighthearted approach to this. Together, we're going to examine each of the 10 nominated films and offer our explanations for why each film could win an Oscar on the big night. We won't always agree, we will veer off track, and we may spar verbally on our takes, hence our honey title. We're so happy you're listening, and we hope you enjoy the return of Ballot Boxing. back we're back so now this is this is take two we just recorded this 10 minutes before but the our cheap ass recording software that we use for free did not record it matt's just sitting here shaking his head yeah he's mad it was good it, it was, was good, good. Seg- it's a good segment you're not getting that content back. no you're not it's, it's gone now no forever no, it's, now, well, no, now we're gonna like we're gonna try to like restate the things we just said or we're gonna take an entirely new approach i wonder if we should like record on two tabs or something like use some other thing just so we don't lose the actual audio because then i could download it upload it again such know. a drag well yeah, i mean like great. we could record it on our phones or something i then... guess the quality would be crappy though yeah anyway okay so we're uh, talking about the holdovers and i want to pop i'm gonna start the same way i started before yeah. which is i'm going to apologize for my overly what's the word i'm looking for vitriolic response to Ooh, that's right english degree english degree coming through i got a degree in words um uh, a response to Barbie because I feel like I just yelled at you the entire time and just really didn't like it. And ultimately, on our walk yesterday, you made the clear-headed mm-hmm. statement that I don't need to be reminded in a movie that's supposed to entertain me. I also, also, every time I say that, all I can think about is what's his face in the Gladiator movie going, "Are you not entertained?" Um, the, the worst Russell Crowe impersonation <laughs> ever. Listen, I tried the worst. Um. Didn't the, sound remotely Spanish. Of course, neither did he. Neither did he. Uh, the um, I, I don't need to go to a movie to be reminded of the elements of being a woman that suck. Yeah, it's just it's just extra depressing. So it's like a depressing mustard on a depressing hot dog. I don't need it. Uh, when when we ultimately rank these, yes, there's no like way I, Barbie's not going to be at the bottom. I, for me. I wonder if, like, when you think back on it, there'll be something you think deserved to be in the ten nominees instead. Uh, at the end, I mean, we probably haven't seen think, enough to yeah, be able to I eliminate I, it. I certainly haven't. So, like, but it's funny because you seem to like not only not think it's worthy of best picture, but you actually think it's actively not a good movie. Correct. And I can see. I, I think my point, my argument was that like there's elements of the filmmaking that are very impressive, mm. but that the I, my I bounce against the the reception of it broadly mm. positive when 
I think there's subtextual things there that are they're quite negative and depressing. And then and those things hit you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. that's all. Just want to mention Barbie one more time. But today we're not talking about Barbie. We're talking about The Holdovers, which was a delightful film. <sighs> it was. I really enjoyed it. And again, uh, same as take one, I want to just mention that I sent you the trailer the moment it came out. Yeah. And I was so excited because I love a teacher movie and I love Paul Giamatti and I love richy rich new england private school like all of it was just I very knew, aspirational i nah, i don't know about that i knew <laughs> it was going to work for us i yeah. knew it was going to work for us yeah it was it was a, it was a really fun movie and it was um i found it very touching uh-huh. i think uh, like i was saying Matt before got yeah more than once uh-huh. probably uh-huh. that happened yesterday with the princess bride as uh-huh. well which was lovely yeah yeah it's, so good. it's just because I, I i said this before but i'll say it again for the sake of posterity was the there's lots about that movie to love. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. My, I put a five-star review on mm-hmm. Letterboxd, but I, the the final line that Peter Falk delivers to Fred's little Fred Savage, so cute. He was so cute. Where he says, hey, Grandpa, can you come back and read this to me tomorrow? And he turns around and he says, as you wish, mm-hmm. which is the line that Wesley says to, Buttercup. to Princess Buttercup all the way through, but it really means I love you. Mm-hmm. And I thought that one just hit me in the feels yesterday. So nice. Yeah. And our kids loved it, which was great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. And I had There's to resist the urge yet. to like, you know, spout trivia the whole way through. Like, I yeah. just want them to enjoy the movie and yeah. not have me like narrate. Actually, Andre the Giant had a debilitating back injury <laughs> and he could hardly move. So when he's holding Princess Buttercup, when he's holding Robin Wright, who only she's weighs on 104 wires. pounds, mm. she's on wires and he's in a harness and he's sitting. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, holdovers. Holdovers. Fantastic. So, you want me to summarize? Summarize the plot. All right. Your so, turn. I get to drink my tea. All right, then. So uh, we open with some title cards that are done in the 1970s, like style with the wash and the, you know, marks on the film and whatever, which I thought was really great because it transports you into the correct time right away. You know, it's like a a bit of a period piece. And um, we meet Paul Giamatti, who is an insufferable uh, curmudgeon of an ancient civilizations teacher, really holds power over his students who hate his guts. really thinks highly of his own intellect ab- intellect and abilities but also like like holds everyone else to the same standard to the point that just because and i don't disagree with this but you know it's a bit ridiculous when you're working in an all boys private school um you've got students that aren't achieving at what you think they you know the high standard that you believe they should be achieving at but then the low mark in your class is the reason they don't go to the prestigious university and so uh he's ticked off the headmaster who is one of his former students and uh he because he's been working there forever and uh he ends up getting stuck with the unenviable job of watching the holdovers who are the kids that stay over christmas break for one reason or another so we have five boys that stay over christmas break we have angus who is ends up being our main character and and the only one who truly ends up getting left played by a newcomer actor named dominic sessa who never acted before Mm -hmm. And then the other four are uh, a boy who his parents are, he's Mormon, his parents are Mormon, and he's there off on a mission. Um, a boy from South Korea that is, it's too far to go home just for two weeks. Um, a boy who's an athlete on the team and is like the mortal enemy of Angus. And uh, a boy who has grown out his hair in protest of the Vietnam War, and that's why he's arguing with his dad, but he's sure his dad will cave and come and get him from school. He's not going to leave him there for Christmas, and he's sure of that. And he ends up being right. His dad literally helicopters in and rescues not only the boy with the long hair, but also three of the other four that are left, the South Korean kid, the uh, Mormon, and the athlete. 
The only parent they can't get a hold of in order to rescue him from staying for two weeks with Paul Giamatti at school for Christmas vacation is uh, Angus. So Angus and Paul Giamatti end up, Paul is the name and, of the character. And they're sort of foes in class. Like yes. Angus is getting the best grade in the history class. But despite. But it's not a good grade. No. And he's getting it. Um, despite Paul, but despite the teacher's opinion of him. Yeah. Um, and and the rest of the movie is them like coming to terms with their relationship and, and you also, find out you find know, out why Paul Giamatti is there for so long and what he's gone through and why he's the way he is and you find out why Angus is there and what's going on with his family. They're not the only ones that stay behind too. No. There's a caretaker and most importantly, there's the head cook. That's right. Subplot is the head cook played by. Divine Joy Randolph. And her son was a student at the school because she was the head cook. She took this job on purpose to get her son a good education, uh, but couldn't afford college. And so he went off to fight in Vietnam and dies there about a year before this movie takes place. Yeah. And so you find out about all these little... And she's had a lot of tragedy in her life. Yeah. And it's it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a, a very nuanced and, and deep character. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot... That, so it's the relationship between the teacher and the student, but also sort of the growing friendship and mutual respect between Giamatti and Randolph's characters mm -hmm. and um, trying to get this kid some help because he's walking the razor's edge of mental health. And um, if he flunks out of this school, the stakes are that he's going to end up in a military school and of some sort fight and go war. fight in Vietnam. So there's parallels between Angus and divine joy Randolph's son and her character's name is escaping me right now. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, uh, it's really, really, um, you know, beautiful setting. The, um, the the Massachusetts exteriors, the interiors were shot at a school in Alabama, an all boys school in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Her, her character's name is Mary Lamb. Mary Lamb. Yeah. Yeah. A little on the nose, with the sun. Yeah. They literally sent Lamb to the slaughter. Like, come on. Yeah. But whatever. Okay. It doesn't take away from the movie. For That's me. more on the page than in the in the screen like we don't you know it's not clear yes it is because his name is under i thought even when we were watching it like oh that's a little on the nose because his it says lamb on his frame on the frame of his military photo or or you can read it on his like shirt you know they yeah. put like their names on their shirt um that, that that's very clear in it and even when we were watching i thought like oh come on any other last name could have been smith brown whatever anyways <clears throat> that's the summary so should we take a quick break and then come back with our thoughts yes please god let this work yeah. needs to die s-u-c-c-e-s-s <laughs> okay, uh, okay so, so uh the the format that we go through now is to say if the holdovers is going to win best picture it's a it's a coda it's a late stage what are the reasons why as so of right ahead. now as of right now no one's talking about it nobody's saying how great this movie is the only thing that's going to hold it back is that it, the lack of diversity in the cast and you've got our caretaker our caretaker and our cook who are both black um, but I think that the the fact that the main characters are two white men is going to hold it back from from winning. That said, Coda was like a really late stage push. Um, do I think this is going to hold up against Oppenheimer? I haven't even seen Oppenheimer and I think the answer is no. But that said, I think that it has a good shot. And if it's going to win, it's not being spoken about right now. It's going to be like a late week before ramp up to... The actual ceremony. Okay. That's what I think. So it's it wins on sentimentality mm -hmm. and charm mm -hmm. and counter programming to 
the incumbent, the, like not incumbent, but the movie that everybody seems to think will win. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Um, then I think that's reasonable. I think that's, that's the reality that it would have to, we'd have to be in mm-hmm. in order for it to win. I don't know that we're there. I don't think that this is the same atmosphere as Coda because of no, there's, there's no COVID. Well, and you and I and, talked and about there's, like, Holdovers isn't made by Apple. No. Either. And that's like Coda's made by Apple. They had all the Apple money in behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and uh, that would help in the getting screeners in people's hands and yes. throwing parties and all that stuff. You and I talked about how Coda also, the like, up, this one doesn't end. I mean, a little tiny spoiler. This one doesn't end with like an uplifting, beautiful moment, swell of music. Like, it's not quite the same feeling as coda and coda's good feeling came at a time when we all needed a good feeling yeah this right? movie does have what roger ebert called elevation sure though, where sure you have you have people who resolve their differences or perform acts of kindness for one another who who make self-sacrifices um and those are that's like it's it's emotionally resonant but mm-hmm. I, I agree it's not emotionally like resonant was. yes but not the way coda was yeah and coda was a timing thing and i don't know that this is going to hit any timing particularly mm-hmm. i think oppenheimer's hitting the timing pretty well. well oppenheimer's been like a freight train right from no right i know but i'm just really... thinking about yes okay but when they released it they didn't know that all the stuff was gonna ha- i mean ukraine was already happening mm-hmm. but i would suspect oppenheimer was being filmed when that started right um it's been two years now i think oppenheimer is a long gestating thing I yeah it's a long that's what i mean so they didn't have any way of knowing that like as the world approaches what may be a very difficult time mm-hmm. war-wise, um, or is a difficult time war-wise, and might be approaching scary, scariness, uh, that this movie, it has it has the theme of the world behind it. Right. There's a thing. That would be fun to do. Go back and watch Best Picture winners and see if the, if it, like, mirrored... The political climate at the time? Not just the, poli- the political climate, climate, but, like, yeah, the social climate, or, like, I'm just thinking... The I don't economy. Know, I don't know why my brain went here, but I went to Forrest Gump. Like, I wonder if Forrest Gump won Best Picture the year, a year that there was, like, a, a Disabilities Act or something. It was the year Bill Clinton became I know, president, it was, I think. It was 93. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying. I just wonder if that's, like, that would be interesting to go and check and see if that's, like, a thing that yeah. happens. Anyway. I think, I think if, just to, to continue that digression, I think Forrest Gump won because it... Was the best it, movie it, ever made? Uh, no, I think it just hit the boomers... I think the soundtrack manipulated a lot of the boomers into loving manipulated it. Manipulated me. Yeah, well, it's a great movie. We're the children of boomers. We listen to the same music yeah. because our parents programmed it for us, and our brains are wired in a certain way. Mm. It didn't resonate the same way with the Gen X generation, who saw it as cynical and angry. They're angry. They're yeah. cynical and angry. All right, so I got reasons. I got stuff I wrote down. Oh right, well, then shall, go. I, shall please, I? Please do. Okay, so why it could win? I think number one is because it's very heartwarming, mm-hmm. and I think that it's possible. Because of the Christmas setting, mm-hmm. Christmas isn't like it, it's not something that is um, omnipresent. It's not thematically all that important, mm-hmm. but they attend a Christmas party and a New Year's party, and they there's a Christmas tree and mm-hmm. there's de- small amounts of decorations and gifts and gifts are exchanged. Um, and it's not like a madcap thing like uh, a Christmas story or Christmas, uh, vacation. Christmas vacation or Elf. <laughs> But I think that this is the kind of movie that would be much like the aesthetic in the film. It's like a snuggle up by the fire, have a hot cocoa, and yeah. and, um, and and enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. So I I can see this being a movie that plays on uh, at Christmas time and holiday time. Yeah. From here going forward. Yes. Um, and I think that 
because it's likely to get seen annually. I bet you it's reputation grows over time. Yes. People find more there. Cause I think like Alexander Payne, who's a director, like he said, he puts a lot of detail and a lot of, there's a lot of thinking. It's very deliberate. So I think it's possibly a new holiday classic. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I'd put it on my top 10 list of Christmas films right now. Cause Die Hard's at the top of that one. Damn right. Um, <laughs> and I'm open to debating that with anybody who wants to debate we it. Have, don't debate it with him. We have a, thank you, Diane. Thank you, my mom. Uh, a, um, Die Hard Christmas ornament? Christmas ornament that has John um, McClane climbing through a air duct. air duct holding a lighter. So there's no debating this with Matt. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another reason it could win is because of the, again, evocative period details, yeah. the setting. It's so good. The set details, the design, the costumes, mm -hmm. the automobiles, the even the way it's lit. Like everything looks genuinely almost documentary mm -hmm. of the 1970s. It's got a polished cinematic look to it, but... It looks like a film from the 70s, mm -hmm. uh, right from this opening credits, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. right through to the final credits. Um, it just really gives you a sense of time and place. I think it's a brilliantly intelligent script. I think Giamatti's like acerbic mean spiritedness, the way he like gradually softens, but only softens to Angus, like the rest of the world he still has contempt for. Yes. Right. And they, like his, he doesn't have some big revelatory aha moment oh no. i'm a changed man he's not really a changed man in the end no. because you know i don't think pain thinks anybody's going to change very much but mm -hmm. they do grow to respect one another mm -hmm. a little bit and i think that means that in, innately like there was something good about Giamatti's character all the way through of course there was he yeah. wasn't he wasn't as nasty damaged by life yeah he's had and you find out about some yeah. of the, the bad breaks that he's had um I think that it's realistic. I think that <clears throat> there's no, I wrote down here, there's no easy answers or magical solutions mm -hmm. at the end. There's a problem that arises and somebody's going to have to pay mm -hmm. for the problem. And, and um, the way it works out um, doesn't let anybody off the hook. There's no, right. nobody softens or acts unrealistically. It continues to be realistic. Right. Uh, <clears throat> another reason why is that you get probably the best acting performance of Giamatti's career. Mm -hmm. Although I would stand for his performance in Cinderella Man as being just like exquisite. Mm -hmm. uh, Divine Joy Randolph is, is really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, she's so powerful and commands the screen. And, and she's yet, and angry and sad. And yeah, it doesn't say much, but she mm -hmm. says a lot with her face. Yeah. Uh, and Dominic Sessa as a first timer. Yeah. Uh, get a really, really good uh, performance out of him. And the music and soundtrack is really, really, really good. Great. Excellent craft. It's edited well. Um, it's paced well, and again, the setting. Why might it not win that? It's a lot of reasons why it would. Yeah, so it, it might not win because it's not going to, it doesn't push any boundaries. It, it's deliberately old fashioned, and people may not be mm -hmm. as interested that? in that as they are in things that are groundbreaking uh, in terms of technical craft or whatever. Right. Um, the Giamatti archetype on uh, on Marin's, Mark Marin's podcast. Um, he was talking about how he always plays a curmudgeon. Friend of the pod, Mark Marin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, and so it may not impress voters. Like right. it's, oh, he just turned and he did a thing that Giamatti often does. Right. But I, I, I don't know. He I, does I, it better here. He does it so well here, yeah. and he's like aging. He's aging well. He's yes. starting to look his age. Like yes. he, he's looked old for a long time. He's starting yeah. to look like. But he suits it now. Um, and you know, I put here sort of. I'll raise my voice at the end of this question. Maybe people don't like teachers. Is that really a, uh, in Ontario? That's not a question. <laughs> um, and maybe people don't like films about upper crust East Coast elites. That was yeah. It's not gonna. It's um, not gonna identify and it's people a, right now. You're, as you said, it's a kind of a white, white story. The, yeah. the black characters are 
in support supporting roles although yes. i say divine joe randolph is like a third lead but yeah. she is working to serve yes. them and the custodian is working to serve them although there's a great sequence where the custodian there's a mess that's been made and the custodian's like oh somebody made a mess and <laughs> somebody's going to clean it up and he yeah. leaves the mop with them yeah so i think those might be the reasons why it won't win but i i honestly i think there's enough tilting the scales in favor of it winning yeah that i can I, I can more easily conceive of why it should win than why it doesn't deserve it i think it's quite quite a good movie let's take a quick break and then come back with some questions okay all right this is my favorite part why because <laughs> i i don't know i feel like you put thought into questions that you're going to ask me i do i do yeah I made some. You want to hear them? Please. Here we go. Yeah. You else wants to hear them? The audience. <laughs> yeah. I didn't need any of this. Yeah. All right. Well, um, they're here. Okay. So I'm they're ready. Yes. Um, would this movie have been more interesting or worked better in a situation where there were gender reverse roles? So it's a female curmudgeon, it's a female student, and maybe there's a male cook. No. Why? Because women... Oh, this is going to sound terrible, but I just don't think. I'm glad you're saying it. Then. Yeah. I don't think that audiences respond well to women that are like curmudgeonly is a term you apply to men. Bitchy is a term you apply to women. Well, I mean, it could have been a different dynamic then, right? Like it doesn't need to be the same. You, just you, asked, somebody... you didn't say change the dynamic. You said gender reverse. I'm telling you that if a woman played it the way Paul Giamatti played it and it was an all girls school. So maybe, maybe you play it. I'm just trying to think of like an actor, like it's Meryl Streep and she's matronly and prim mm -hmm. and you've got a young, you cause it's set Mona, in the seventies. Fine. You've got Mona Lisa smiles then. That's Mona Lisa smile is that movie. Is it's it? It's already been made and it's not very good. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair. Have you seen that movie? I don't believe I have. <gasps> it's got all oh the women God. in it. Oh my God! Mark it down, people. I found a movie I've seen that Matt has not. Oh, I'll watch it again if you want to. It's on the shelf here. It might be. It. It's got Julia Roberts. Kristen I know Dunst. who's in it. Oh, okay. I've heard Dunst. of it then. Yeah, of course I have. Um, yeah. No, that it's. I don't know. Oh. I don't, I don't think so. I think it was perfect. I also can't imagine this being anyone but Paul Giamatti. Like it's it's just so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. How would you respond to a teacher like Paul Giamatti? So somebody who's like clearly um, mean, um, somebody who's uh, wants to rub you. Well, or am I a student? let's take it from two different perspectives. All First, right. from a student perspective. Answers. So he he's your teacher. Mm -hmm. He is um, flexing his intellectual muscles. He looks at everybody with disdain. Um, he's grading you really, really hard as a student. Mm -hmm. How do you respond to that? Do you just drop the course? No. Do you, I, you're not going to like my answer. Do you sleep with him? No. Oh my God. <laughs> no, no. But I like, I like ask for a lot of extra help and I, I stroke egos and I like, I don't understand this. And I, I do my very best to get a passing grade with assistance so that I can continue on my merry way. Mm -hmm. And like, like my, you know, this one of my like four life mottos is kill him with kindness. Yeah. How many, like literally we have known a handful of curmudgeonly older men in our relationship where I just, I wear them down. I wear those suckers down. Yeah. So that's what I would do if as a student. So I actually just, and uh, honestly, it's probably a similar answer for a colleague. I've worked with those people. Yeah. Like Bill was that guy. Right. And, and like, I, I got him within two weeks. We were best friends. Yeah. So, I had an English teacher, a grade 11 English teacher, 
Do I say his name here? No. I don't know if he's just still, still around. I don't know what his first name All was. All right, Mr. X. Mr. M, <laughs> uh, who was, he always wore like a, uh, a uh, button down shirt, mm-hmm. but short sleeved right. and a tie. Mm-hmm. And he had a, like a push broom mustache and a comb over haircut and thick glasses. And he lived with his mother and he had cats. I love this guy. And he was like. Did he know he was gay? He, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Catholic, Catholic school too. Right. And, but he, um, oh God, we worked so hard to perform the way to, to his standard. Mm. Um, and I just, my, my personality was like, I conform entirely. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're right. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll yes. try again. Yes. Thank you, sir. Yes. And, but he, Thank you, sir. May I have another? he graded us. He was such a stickler for grammar mm-hmm. and he, there was one way he wanted Shakespeare analyzed. And there was one way that he wanted creative writing done. Um, and he drove us and he, everybody's grades were brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but ultimately now. he had, like he, I, I, I remember him as like liking us right? ultimately. Like he grew to respect us as we continued to work to please him. Right. That like working to please him made him softer with us. Yes. Because you were stroking end. his ego. Yeah. But like, well, I think, you know, my, my ability as a writer now, mm-hmm. you know, modest as it is, mm-hmm. is it, I do in large part to like the lessons I learned there. Right. Like he, when you took English with this teacher, mm-hmm you like that was your whole focus i can't remember any of the other classes any of my other teachers in the 11th grade but i can remember him right very specifically mm-hmm. a very formative and important well, this figure is a positive story so i think you can tell him i thought it was going to be like a negative yeah, his story. name was mr Matejic. Mr. Matejic. yeah and i how old was, do you think he was uh he was in his 40s then mm-hmm. i would say maybe maybe middle 40s okay so he'd probably be roughly 70 now and, oh gosh, uh, I'll have to go to the yearbook. It was, <sighs> it was complicated Polish spelling. I don't remember. Sorry, listeners, we'll have an answer for you next time as to whether Mr. Matejic is uh, still teaching. Yeah, and I, I think uh, a couple of my friends who may be listening to this also had him, hmm. and he may have, he might have been the final nail in their pursuit of English they both science. languages. Yeah, yeah, they they both became successful in their in scientific fields, mm-hmm. and mathematics fields, and. I'm, I can uh, name every single one of my English teachers from high school. Every single one. Yeah? Yeah. I think I can too. Can you? Uh, don't put me on the spot now. All right. But I had, I think I had one twice. Mm. Um, and I remember the last the OAC one was, uh, he was really good too. Mm. I had great English teachers. Mm. I really enjoyed English. Um, it's really strange that I didn't end up going into languages. Especially in... like Matt is being very modest when he says he's like a, a mediocre writer. Like he's an excellent writer. So thank you, Mr. Matejic, I guess. And, uh, and the rest. And, and the rest. Yeah, That's the, right. The staff of St. Mary's High School in Hamilton. Did I tell you this, that uh, when, when I was working the ETFO strike vote, I ran into the son of my grade 10 English teacher who I loved, Mrs. Fofik. And like Fofik is not a common last name. So he was like, hi, I'm so-and-so Fofik. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> is your mom an English teacher? He's like, well, yeah, she was like an expert. Hi. And had like a big chat with him. I also gave him my cell phone number and he was like, I'll give it to my mom. And I have yet to hear from her. So oh, that's, that's too bad. It is too bad. But I did love her. She was great. That's how celebrities deal with fans. I that's think. right. That's right. Same oh. thing happened to me when I met Dave Chappelle. Oh, <laughs> okay. Other questions. Uh, last final question. You didn't really meet Dave Chappelle, did you? No, I no, didn't okay. meet Dave Chappelle. I thought maybe the, the last celebrity I met. Was Gian Gomeshi? Ouch. Yeah. Ew, no, it was it really? Be. Yeah, or Rick Mercer, maybe. Um, it's been a minute. Yeah. I don't get out there and mingle 
uh, and run into Jeff Probst. I was going to say mine is Jeff Probst from Survivor, people. Yeah. Okay, so you're probably not going to be able to answer this because you might not be able to call many of his films to mind. But Alexander Payne is a fairly fairly, uh, prolific director. He's made quite a few films. So I'm going to list a few. He made Election. Okay, I love that. With Matthew Broderick. I love that. He made Sideways with Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church and Sandra Oh and Virginia Madsen. Mm -hmm. Madsen. Uh, he did, uh, what was the one called? Shrinking? Downsizing. Downsizing. Mm -hmm. Liked it. I'm just looking at the IMDb list. Um, so I'm wondering where on his list of films of the descendants, I really like Cedar Rapids. The Savages is a good movie. Um, where you would rank this. Is this his best film? Yes, I think so. I was looking at the list right now. Sideways was really good. I really liked Election. But no, as far as movies go, this is definitely his best. I think I agree. Easy, easy answer. I think I agree. I know there's a, there's a lot of people who really, really love Sideways. I yes. think this is a better Giamatti friend, performance. Friend of the pod, Mark Marin being one of them. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a better Giamatti performance. Yes, agreed. Um, I think this is funnier. Yes. I think this is more heartwarming. Um, I think this is a real success. And it's an excellent film. So in the of the two films that we've ranked so far, mm-hmm. The Holdovers is one, Barbie is two. I think we can agree on that entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I guess we're, we're out of time. So we'll... we'll well, is, is that the end of your question? That's the end of my question. Oh, okay. So that is it. All right, friends. Well, we're coming back next time with what? What movie? Maestro's next. Maestro, because we've seen it. Yeah. And then then we have to watch the movies. Then we're gonna. You need to. I've got a couple more I've seen. You right. need to get going. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, friends. We'll see, see you, you next soon. time. Bye bye.